standing by. Three, two, one, let's go! Here's Talking with Thompson Square. It's a podcast! Talking about everything under the moon With the smell of honeysuckle and your perfume All I could think about was my next move Oh, but you were so shy, so was I Maybe that's why it was so hard to believe When you smiled and said to me Are you gonna kiss me or not? Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, this is uh, Talking with Thompson Square Brand new episode, brand new year and uh, I'm your host, Kiefer Thompson. I am playing this song because it is very significant in the guest uh, that I have today. I, I, it's a guest, but it's also a good friend. And uh, this guy has been in country music, seems like forever. He's been a, uh, a staple and a mentor. Uh, I mean, he's helped so many artists along the way. Uh, he's helped us along the way. But without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the program our friend and... Uh, Wow, country music, uh, he's a staple. He's an icon, you know. And Mr. John Marks. What's up, my brother? Hey, uh, life is good. I can't complain. And uh, excuse me while I make a wardrobe change. (laughs) I love it. Make Thompson Square great again, man. That's awesome. I'm I'm willing to do my part, brother. (laughs) I love it. For you and Shauna, you just say it. I love it, man. I love it. Well, I man, had to pull that one out. I yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad you still have it. I'm glad it's not in the, in the bargain bin at a Goodwill or something. <laughs> I would never discard that one. That's for I, sure. I, oh, thank you, man. <laughs> well, for everybody um, who who doesn't know, uh, John Marks has uh, uh, has been around country music forever, and uh, you know we have a lot of history together. We probably go back what at least ten years. At least, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I was familiar with your music before you got signed uh, to uh, your record label and had heard some uh, tracks uh, before that that you had released. Uh, and uh, and certainly uh, when that song came out, that's when we uh, first got connected in a true way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's uh, I'm honored and pleased to say we've been friends ever since. And, yeah, uh, and uh, I'm proud to call you friends, both Absol- you and Sean. Absolutely. So. Uh, so John and I and Shauna, um, John started when, when Sean and I started in 2010, uh, we do what's called a radio tour. So you go out and you're, you're promoting your single at the time, kiss me or not with had just begun. Actually it was a song called let's fight. It, it, it didn't really last that long. Uh, we switched uh, to, are you going to kiss me? Or? Cause everybody thought that that was the better song. turns out they were right. Uh, but we go back forever, man. And, and, uh, you know, it was San Diego, San Diego, that's right. San Diego. And, you were our first stop along the first radio tour that we ever did. That's right. And we were at somebody's house. I can't remember whose it was. And uh, we were we were just uh, having some fun, drinking some wine, listening to some of your music. It was it was really I still remember that night. It was. Yeah, good- it was so cool, man, because we were we were so nervous and we know we didn't know what to expect. This is our first radio tour. I didn't even know a radio tour existed. And uh, so here we are, you know, trying to to put on our best, you know, foot forward and, and look good and sound good and everything else. And, uh, and man, you know, that song took off and, and, uh, you know, as, as we elevated our career throughout that whole time, uh, you did the same thing, man. And, and, uh, 
but I, I, I don't think that I, I ever knew kind of how you, cause you've been, you've been, uh, uh, a huge part of FM radio. You've been a huge part of XM radio. You've been a huge part of Spotify. And then now you're doing this new thing. And, and I, we want to talk about that later, but um, man, how did you, how did you get into to radio in the first place? Uh, you know, music was always, uh, yeah, I don't come from a musical family. I don't, you know, it's like, it's, we didn't sing on the porch on Sundays, you know, it was just, uh, one of those things where uh, music uh, really caught my attention early in life, and I've always loved it from the minute that I can remember. And it, you know, it it uh, I tried to manifest it in a lot of different areas, trying to play an instrument or sing a song, join a local band, and and I just knew early on that that was not going to be my future. I just didn't <laughs> have the talent. You're not that guy. I did not That's have funny. the work ethic. I did not know. So I just knew that was not it, uh, right. you know, and, uh, and, you know, as I, you know, listened to the little transistor radio for those of, uh, you know, the audience that don't remember that thing under the old pillow, that was my, yeah. uh, my kind of, uh, introduction to, Hey, maybe I can do this. And so, um, I more or less pursued and dedicated myself to, uh, going to into music through radio. And, uh, and I actually, uh, have been employed at it since I was 16 years old. I found a job at my local radio station, uh, in my hometown at 16 and, and have been blessed to be able to do, uh, some form of music, uh, my entire life since then. And, uh, and it's, it's a great blessing. And, my final radio job was KSON in San Diego, where we met. Uh, and uh, I left in uh, 2010 to be able to uh, go to Sirius XM and work at Satellite Radio uh, and uh, headed up their country division 2010 to 2015 and, and then to Spotify uh, in 2015 until uh, uh, April of uh, this year. So wow. it's it's been a, a fun traverse. I've gotten to learn all about the different geographies of the United States and the music differences, you know, Sirius XM helped me understand, uh, you know, programming music to America and Canada as a whole. Right. And Spotify helped me understand the, the global uh, implications of music. And it's just been a, a fun traverse over, over the years. And every day I continue to learn. Wow. So when you were listening to that, transistor radio like so what what are some of the things that you that, that like the, that you really got that, the music that you really got off on like when you started out you know the the uh, the uh, the first song that infected my brain uh you know it's like i've always was was at music i i know it uh, exactly i can see it exactly how it happened yesterday i don't know how old i was i was in the uh gymnasium at the ymca uh and on the jukebox this thump and drum came off and then the guitar dan, 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 dan. Oh, yeah. and it was Roy Orbison, pretty woman. And right. after that, I said, man, you know, I've got to do it. Uh, I got to do some form of music. And, and, uh, and it's just, uh, ever since, I mean, uh, you know, I grew up with, uh, in, in Middletown, Ohio, which is a, you know, smallish town right in between Cincinnati and Dayton and, and perch between Cleveland, Detroit, Memphis, Nashville, uh, and there were so many musical influences, north and south, up and down the highway, 
that uh, was able to uh, experience Motown and Stax and, you know, the music coming out of Detroit and Cleveland and even Cincinnati uh, wow. had its share of, of uh, artists coming uh, through and breaking through those areas. And so yeah, it was, um, you know, it was just a lot of musical influences that really captured my attention during that time. And I just loved all of it. You know, I would, yeah. I was uh, working part-time at, at gas stations. So I just blow my entire paycheck on, on records, singles, 45s and albums. And, uh, and, and it was just an infection that I have yet to get rid of quite frankly, you know, and I love every second of it. No, I tell you, you, you talk about spending your whole paycheck on music and I just, it, I sound old, man. I sound old when I say this, but I'm grateful to grow up at the very tail end of that. I remember yeah. going to a place called Stick It In Your Ear in Joplin, Missouri, and it was albums and cassettes and CDs had just come on the scene. And, and uh, man, I, I would go in there and literally spend every penny I had. And I would buy albums based upon artwork. I would buy albums, you know, people would talk about it. They'd be playing records in the shop, you know, and be like, well, well what is this? And, and you get to talk to different people and you had 10, 15 people and they go, hey man, have you heard this thing from Led Zeppelin? Have you heard this thing from Haggard or whatever? You know, and it's, it was such a community uh, just in the record shop. And That's right. uh, it's such a, it's really, I know that people now coming up, you know, especially kids now coming up, it's like, they just will never be able to experience that because that part of that part of our business is never coming back. I mean, there's going to be a few little things here and there, but for the most part, man, it's just dead, and it's so freaking sad. It, it really is. I mean, the the album artwork was the chief, uh, uh, not a chief element, but a primary element of of many uh, of the things that I bought and still probably have on vinyl today out in some storage unit somewhere. But, yeah. and, and I, I had a lot of them framed uh, and uh, they're back in a, another state that I'm hoping to retrieve one of these days. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, I would, I would hang them on my wall uh, and uh, because they were so cool and the music, sometimes the music matched the artwork. Sometimes it didn't, but that's right. okay. And, but that is a lost form uh, and the liner notes that uh, that just aren't as, as readily available to come back as it is now. I mean, you, on the streaming platform to see a little image yeah, like that, yeah. you're probably saying, what the hell do they look like? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, I, I remember, and I'm a, I'm a metalhead. Um, I love blues. Uh, gospel, yeah. jazz. I listen to Frank Sinatra just about every day at some point in my day. Mm -hmm. Usually, I drive into school just to make Cooper mad. But it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember those Iron Maiden album artwork, and it always scared yeah. me. But I was like, I put their posters up and stuff in my room. And I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really an Iron Maiden guy, but I loved their artwork because it was so freaky yeah. and it was dark. And I was like, oh, my mom and dad will hate this. So I'm gonna put this up in my room, you know. But uh, it's it's weird, you know. I, I, what I hate now on the artwork is like every like our, our label included. All the artwork now is like this real clean, just picture right. picture, you know, just front end shot of you. Now you got to yeah. smile, you got to yeah. smile. And I'm like, man, yeah. you know, there's a few artists that do some really cool. Zach Brown did some really cool stuff with his artwork. Yeah. You know, it's not just about his face. And and uh, there's some other artists too that really get out there. You know, and I, I wish that we could get back to that and not just have a. I mean, they, you guys know what we look like. I mean, I know branding is part of it, but it's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, come on, man. Let's just get cool with it, you know? But, um, okay. so you, you started out when you started out with your, uh, in, in radio at 16, um, uh, what, at what point did you start becoming a DJ? 
at 16. At I mean, 16. They, they, at what they format? Me on the air. Uh, well, <clears throat> at, at the small town radio station, uh, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, they would block program uh, music and, and preachers, you know. So uh, so depending on uh, the preachers and the time of day and the day of the week, you know, it would be uh, we'd call it the God Squad where the preachers would come on and you'd yeah. play some gospel music and and then at night you'd play some top 40 music and, uh, you know, bluegrass music. And, and, uh, I even, uh, you know, dabbled in, uh, because the radio station did some black gospel music back in the day. And, uh, and I loved it because it was, uh, it was, and you, you don't have anything like it today. The streaming services have a wide and deep variety of music, but radio stations were programmed very narrowly today. <clears throat> and I loved it because each, piece of the day was dedicated to some form of music and I was able to be exposed to it on the radio, uh, all of this, uh, Southern gospel and, you know, all of it. And, uh, and, and it's kind of carried me through my life, you know, because, uh, you know, I didn't just have this one, uh, element of taste. I mean, rock was always the, the, the hip, you know, thing in my age category, you know, but I loved country back in the day, you know, even though a lot of my friends hated it and, uh, bluegrass was unspoken of in my age category, but, but I just loved all of that music and came to love it by being forced to play it, you right. know, and, uh, and, and the nice thing of it was, was back in the day, uh, that time of day and year and era, whatever you want to call it, you could play whatever you wanted. And, and there was so cool. even a lot of times, especially in the top 40, uh, times when I'd uh, you know, be on the air at night, I just bring them in my own box of records and play them. Man, those are the days, right? Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> you know, it's 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 so weird. But even with like, I noticed like, you know, if you even looking back in the eighties and listen to like, uh, you know, countdowns or whatever, like uh, the top forty countdown from from seventy eight or or eighty five or whatever else, you would have like Led Zeppelin. Uh, then you would have the Thompson Twins, or you would. I mean, it was, it was all. It was such a, a variety of music. Um, and you had DJs. Did you have a, I just wanted to, did you have a, a DJ name? Uh, actually, uh, well, my DJ name is John Marks. If you want to know the truth, I'll, I'll tell, uh, I'll tell you a secret you know, that, uh, that is not my legal name. I've been many people. <laughs> you didn't know that that? Our whole relationship has been based upon a lie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, and it's, uh, my my legal name, I will say it is is Mark Sebastian. That is, but I will tell you there are about yeah. five people left in the world beyond my bill collectors that know me as Mark Sebastian. So Not after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Sebastian. And, uh, wow. That is yeah, it's like the and and a lot of people are surprised to know that you know right. that uh, and uh, and I I had to take the name uh, a name because. When I got hired into Cincinnati, Ohio at WSAI, uh, there was a, at the time, a controversial DJ by the name of Mark Sebastian. Uh, is, is, are these beeps bothering you? Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out if it was me or you. No, it's me. Uh, let me. And I've been trying to ignore it, but I just, every once in a while, these darn strings get crazy. Um. And it comes through on my computer too. I don't know how to stop that one. Uh, uh, so uh, it's all good, man. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, that makes it real. So there's there was this cutting edge 
DJ, I guess is the best thing. He wasn't anywhere in the neighborhood of Howard Stern or any of the things that we know of today. His his on-air name was Mark Sebastian. Right. And and I was coming in with my name, Mark Sebastian, my legal name. And union rules at the time said you could not take a name that was taken in the market. Right. Uh, so I had to choose one. Uh, <laughs> you're popular, man. This is this is your deal. You, you, uh, you're that popular. They're just, you're, you're freaking computers blowing that. up. Uh, but uh, so I had to take a different name uh, and I had no idea what it was. And there was a columnist who was in and I was just a lowly weekend announcer. You know, I wasn't anybody big or important, but just the name contrast was something that uh, somebody found it was uh, worth a column. And, uh, and he said, so what's your name? You know, I said, I don't know. You know, I've, I've my ear name. I said, I don't know. Well, what's your dad's name? And I said, John, what's your first name? Mark. So why not John Mark? And I said, that's two first names. You know, I had no thanks. And, uh, and I just turned it, took it to John Marks. And that is the story of how I got my name. And it's been with me ever since, uh, after college. And, uh, does anyone call you and your family, Mark Sebastian? Uh, my sister and uh, my nuclear family uh, do, uh, and relatives when I see them, uh, and and the bill payers uh, that yeah. uh, send the envelopes still or email me. Uh, but uh, the world at large, uh, to the world at large, I'm John, and uh, and I'm I won't say reconciled to that. It's just what I'm used to. It's kind of odd to hear my legal name out loud from time to time. You know, it's uh, so your lovely wife is is, is Miss Colleen. Is 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 she a Sebastian or a Marks? Uh, she is a Mark. She's a John person. So okay. <laughs> she calls me John. She's known me all her life as John. Uh, right. and, uh, and so that's, uh, that's but her last name is Sebastian. My, my legal is, last it, name is Sebastian. Your, but your wife's name is Sebastian. Uh, no, no. She kept her name. She's, you know, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, she kept her name Colleen Leela. So she didn't okay. want any trouble. She didn't want either. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky. She even took you, man. She, I'm, she's a, I'm lucky about that one. Absolutely. Yes, sir. At least took me. One, one thing I loved about radio, man, when WRKRP or WKRP came out, you had this great personality and Johnny fever and all these guys. And it, it when I hear about, when I hear the word uh, radio DJ, I always go to Wolfman Jack, totally. you know, and, and these personalities <clears throat> that we used to have, he was a little bit before my time, but I remember hearing about him and hearing some of the right. stuff, you know, the repeats and stuff. The days of those DJs um, are just, are, are kind of gone as well. Why, why do you think that is? Because it seemed like in that time period, DJs had the power to play A, whatever the heck they wanted, and, and B, to actually break artists. And they were they were personalities. I mean, they you would, right. I mean they would go out in public and they were walking red carpets and they were personalities. Now we have personalities now, but it seems like it's a little bit muted by the corporate blanket. You um, know, it is the, the yeah. freedom's not there. Why do you why do you think? When did their DJ die? You know, it uh, uh, you know it it started dying when it when it became more corporatized and formulaized. I think you you have. Wolfman Jack and and uh, it was like cousin Brucey and I'm just trying to think back. Um, you know, I, I just don't have any at the top of my mind. Others, but I mean, that's what formulated my interest in radio and, right. and the local DJs uh, in my hometown, Cincinnati and Dayton. Uh, that uh, uh, Steve Kirk and Jim Scott and 
Dickie Shannon, and and there were so many that that influenced me, Bud Stagg, and uh, and they influenced me because they were so spontaneous and would throw people on the air and play whatever they wanted. Uh, and, and the, the large ones too, like, uh, Wolfman Jack and others who were, who really influenced me beyond the music to, to, I wanted to be on the air. That's what I wanted to do. And, uh, and that, uh, that kind of made me want to be able to do that. And, uh, and, you know, about, uh, you know, I'd say it, it, it started going away, you know, back in the, in the, in, in the early nineties, late eighties, I think is when it really kind of cascaded and crashed in because, you know, that's when the you know, clear channels of the world started buying up the multiple properties and toning down the DJs and, and corporately choosing the music. And and all of that kind of came to a bit of a halt. I, I just extrapolate just thinking back around that time. Why did they do that? <clears throat> well, I think for ratings and revenue. I mean, why, why do they uh, why do they do anything? You know, it's uh, simply for that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear between the lines uh, or see between the lines, but John's not a big fan uh, of, uh, of corporate radio, well, I think, right now. But, I mean, I, 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 no, let me retract that. No, uh, uh, hey, it's, it's, uh, I will say I'm, I, I, I really don't consume the product. I will say that. Right. Uh, uh, and why? Because it's dull, boring, and predictable. And, right. and the ratings methodology for radio has really, you know, in addition to corporate uh, interest the the ratings methodology has forced uh, radio stations because it, it to to go to cat more catalog and familiar music because it punishes new music and so between those two you're kind of forced into this box that's boring and and you know bland uh, and, uh, and and no wonder people are vacating and going to other areas of interest for music and uh, other things. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's just a cause and effect as far as I'm concerned. It's not a, if I'm a fan or not. Right. It just, it just weird, man. It's, it, it happens in all, in, in so many industries where you have this wonderful thing that's working. Yes. And then this big corporation comes in and I, I would assume that they, it's like a marriage. I mean, you look at this, it's like dating, I guess. You look at this beautiful woman, you go, hey, man, I, she's beautiful. I want to go over there and talk to her, see if I can, you know, hook up and, 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 and uh, you know, start dating her and marry her or whatever else. And then you get into the relationship and then you try to change the whole thing. But what initially yeah. brought you to the table was these great DJs playing music. And these people, it seems like these corporate people, these corporate heads or whatever else, they were around when that stuff was going on. They have they to have liked it. They loved it. You know, they listened to it. That was that. That was their outlet. You know, and it's like to take that and then just completely destroy it. It just seems counterproductive. And I don't know, man. It just I, I'm a, I'm not a purist when it comes to like a lot of things, but and obviously I love it when pl someone's playing my song 20 times a day. Uh, I love that. But when they're not, you don't like that, you know, cause you want new music and everything else. And, and the Spotify's of the world and, and Pandora and everything. And they've, you know, they've, uh, have ex expanded that, but it, I could even see how the Spotify's and stuff of the world are now it's playlisted. So you can't just turn on a playlist like you did back in the day in the seventies and listen to, you know, they play a Haggard song and a, Robert Plant song or right. it just, it doesn't happen, you know? Oh, I mean that, and that's, you know, that's how I grew up too. I mean, you had Tammy Wynette and Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, 
Roger Miller. I mean, uh, all in in one uh, on one radio station and one list, and that's how I grew up listening to radio. You know, and and to me, Tammy Wynette was just as pop as uh, the Beatles. You know, in yeah. that moment, because they were all on the same radio station, the same thing presented the same way. Uh, and, uh, and, and now it's just all gotten, you know, smashed together and sliced and diced to death that, you know, it's so narrow and so, uh, really nondescript. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people just say, okay, I can, you know, I can listen for 15 minutes and got it, you know, a boatload right. of commercials and a song or two. Uh, and, and you kind of look at as, you know, the, the music we play is the thing we do between commercials. Now it's not a feature orientation uh, of a right. lot of audio products, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like the, the vessel just to sell soap you know, yeah. in, be- in, be- in between what you're doing, you know, and it just, it's, exactly. uh, it's, it's a little sad, but you know, I, you know, you, you have, I, I have to embrace it because that's the reality that I live in, you know? Um, so you're in San well, that's Diego. That's my history too. So I, yeah, you know, I kind of love it and, you know, mourn it at the same time. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I think that it, it just came down to money too, because when, when, uh, corporate interests were buying up radio properties over time, it just became a, a dollars and cents move too on, on big name personalities and local markets and how much you had to pay them to retain their services. Uh, and it just got to a point where we'll just move that expense item out the door. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and that's, that was kind of what began it. I think, I mean, uh, somebody from the industry could probably dispute it or argue with it right. or, or not, but, but I think that's cause I saw it happening in a lot of places I was during that time. Yeah, it's just like you know they look at someone like let's say let's say Wolfman's making a million bucks a year. Yeah. And they go, hey, these people are going to listen to radio anyway. This right. is, if they want music, they're going to listen to radio anyway. So we can take that million bucks and we can hire someone for thirty grand. Exactly. And we can tell them, you know, it's just the bottom line. It's all. It's just corporate bottom line. It's uh, it's. I guess it's the way of the world, but um, it is it is kind of sad. It is sad, and uh, but it's it, it is that reality. Uh, you know, uh, driving profit. You know, is yeah. uh, is what makes America great, I guess. But yeah, it's 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 sad to have lost it. I, you know, we can agree on that. It's yeah. uh, uh, because that's what you know, and, and you have a an entire generation of people now, you know, who don't even know what FM radio is. You know, uh, they right. have never heard of it, or will never consume it, no matter what. Right, and uh, it's a loss for. Uh, all people, the uh, certainly the corporate interests at radio and for the artists, because that audience is shrinking. And so, you know, it's it's a, it's not good for anyone, but that's just kind of the uh, reality of it. And uh, and that's why the other services are starting to see some uh, really exponential growth right now. Right. So San Diego was your last radio gig. Right. Yes. So why did you why did you actually leave? Uh, because of the bottom line. <laughs> That corporate bottom line is pretty badass when they're giving it to you, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I love this traditional radio, but I know what I, XM sounds pretty good. Uh, you know, I kind of look at it like uh, I was operating one step ahead of the law, you know, for such a long time. And I was very lucky uh, to uh, to be able to uh, work in, in personality-driven radio. I was able to work in a in uh, in markets and radio station conditions where I could make my own programming choices and music and who right. to hire and who to put where uh, and and I just saw that end 
coming. It was like the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, uh, is the freight train. And so, um, my contract ended, uh, in San Diego and we had just resolved, uh, that we were, that that was going to be it. Uh, me and my wife, Colleen, you know, uh, that we're done with radio. I was just done with it. It was boring, predictable, and, and was not going to get better. Uh, right. and, uh, that was just me. So it's just a personal opinion, my own, you know, uh, looking at conditions and where things were and going, uh, and deciding, well, you know, I've had fun. It's, it was a good run and, uh, that was nice. And, uh, and a chance meeting, uh, at a country radio seminar, which is a convention uh, in Nashville, Tennessee for, uh, for radio, uh, country radio industry people. Uh, I met, uh, an on-air personality, uh, on Sirius XM, uh, and we were, uh, chatting it up and she told me about a job opportunity there. Uh, and I said, great, you know, that's nice. And it's like, and, and the thing of it was, it's like the, 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 the programming opportunities at FM radio was so limited and small and you couldn't play a wider variety of music like I like to play. And, and it turns out that the job included not only just the top 40 country music, but, you know, a wide variety of country music from Southern gospel to, uh, to Elvis, to bluegrass, to all the things that I'd grown up with. And that was very enticing to me. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I made the proper queries and, uh, throughout the process, I, I was able to be lucky enough to, uh, be hired into that position. Uh, and I was there for five years. And I think that what, <clears throat> what, uh, I, I think what helped me through that was, was my experience, however fleeting it was, uh, with all of those other music forms that came under that umbrella, uh, in, in the Sirius XM family. Wow. So you run a huge radio station in San Diego and then it's gotta, man, you gotta have like some serious nuts to just leave what you know. You know, I, I think for a lot of people, a lot of people stay in job forever, man, because they just, they know that. It's like know the devil, uh, you know, yeah. stay with the I devil, you know. And and to be able to do that, man, it's, uh, it's commendable because I, 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 it's very difficult. It's just like us asking out of a record deal. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, we spent our whole life trying to get one and then we were trying like hell to get out of one, you know, and so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, but it is, man. If you, if it's one of those things where if it's not fun anymore, you yes. have to look at it and go, man, I just, you know, there's got to be something else out there. Luckily for you, you slid right into this other thing in, in XM. Luckily, yes. And uh, that, that's amazing. So, then that, so now you're running, you know, there's, there's, there was three, four big dogs, you know, and now you're running this huge thing in XM and do this for five years. How did, how did that change? Uh, how, did, how did you take that from where you got it to where it ended up? You know, the... Uh, and local radio, you know, you, and I loved it because you, you, you found the local market tastes and you programmed to that, you know, as, as best as you could, uh, and, uh, and appeal to the local marketplace with, you know, uh, lifestyle and, uh, uh, and back in San Diego it was, it was like back during, uh, the wars, it was heavily military oriented. So we do a lot of uh, coverage on, on that and, and touching base with the community and, and going to Sirius XM, you know, that was a great lesson, uh, and taught me so much in 
instead of being, you know, this small and appealing to a micro market, you know, which was great, uh, is, is now you're, you're working to appeal to all of the United States and Canada too, uh, because, you know, the satellite broadcasting was, was countrywide and, and also Canada wide. And, you know, the programming, uh, schemes needed to be, uh, taking, uh, taken, uh, a little bit differently, a lot differently. Uh, and, and so that was really part of the fun, uh, of, of learning that piece of the puzzle is how to program to a larger population base, uh, together as opposed to a local market community. Yeah. And that's one thing I really loved about listening to XM because if we're driving across country or whatever else, man, if I start a song, I hated that when we would drive out, I'd drive back to Oklahoma and I'd have a jam on and I'd get a little bit outside the radius and then I'd have to go to, you know, I don't know, whatever. In some areas, it's like all you can get is gospel or, 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 you know, some places in the South, like every station is like preaching or, you know, that's still a a huge thing in the South, you know, which is really cool. That's still going on. Right. So you're at XM and what I want to do is, is, um, obviously educate this audience on, uh, on who you are, but like, especially like artists, you know, and hopefully they'll learn something today. Cause I want to get into some, uh, some other things specifically about the music business, uh, for, uh, legacy acts, uh, acts like ourselves, uh, and then for new artists as well. But, yeah. um, before we jump to that, I, I see, so you, you know, Spotify starts and the whole music industry is just like, this is, this is the knife that's going to kill everything. Uh, and, you know, it, it started, you know, the knife started with MP3s, you know, the German engineer right. that developed an MP3. Yes. You know, some say they killed the music business. It's a valid point. Uh, some say they killed the uh, retail business in music. It's a pretty valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also created something that's uh, a whole lot bigger than it ever dreamed about being. And what's funny to me now, it's like, you know, even not from then, you know, now it's like, it's not, it, it's all, everything's on your phone and everything's, it's, it's even less, you know, but it's, we're still using that format to, to consume and play and music. And it's, it's always, it was always silly to me to, we go into a $10 million studio, we spend a hundred thousand dollars on a record and then we squash it down. I have all these brilliant things that we, all these great ideas we had, and we squash it down so tight into this MP3, you can't hear half of what the, the nuances of, of what you created. Uh, but that's just kind of the way it is. But it's the way it is. How do you make the, the, the jump from XM and go, hey, here's an even bigger fish, and then here you go from a, 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 a big deal in San Diego. Now you're a big deal at, at XM. It's it's like you're the most interesting man in the world. I mean, you should be drinking Dos Equis. Or you, should, you should be on those commercials. And now you're now <laughs> you're nice. the guy. You're the guy at Spotify. I mean, how the hell does one person do that? Well, you know, it's it's um, and and I will say this is coming into Sirius XM uh, back in that day. They had just gone through a very painful merger, uh, and their stock was below a dollar. And they weren't in great shape financially or otherwise. Uh, and uh, and it's, it's easy to forget that piece of it. Uh, and when I came in, you know, it's like an, an, it, that opportunity came just by chance, by a chance meeting. And we were packing our boxes literally to head back to Utah to, uh, uh, to go to my wife's hometown and hang for a little while. 
And uh, I, that job opportunity came on us. And I said, well, what the hell? What do we got to lose? You know, we got, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're headed to Utah. You know, we don't have a paycheck. Not that we were too worried about it at the time. And let's just go and see what this has to offer, you know, or what I remember that. And if it, if it works out great, if uh, in, in six months or a year, you know, we're out, we knew where we were going in the first place. So it's no big deal either way. It's win-win. Right. And so that's kind of where it was back in that moment. And, uh, and I will say the, uh, you know, the, whoever the financial people were at the time were able to turn that around in a, in a really great way with Howard Stern and, and product improvements. I mean, and, and it, back then, you know, the, the, the channels were really poorly programmed. You know, the music was terrible. Uh, and, and I think the, you know, product improvements that were made over time really helped to bolster it in addition to, you know, program enhancements with sports editions and Howard Stern and all those other things. And, and that really brought more listeners and more profile to that, uh, to those platforms over time and uh, increase the opportunities to give, you know, great exposure to uh, artists. Uh, and when, when I went to Spotify, it was more or less the same thing. You know, they were, it, it wasn't what it is today. Uh, it was, uh, actually the record companies really were not fans. I think it's a kind way well, to A couple put it. of them were. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> certainly, yeah, the songwriters, uh, had oh. something to say about it, uh, and, uh, still do to some respects. But, uh, I think that, uh, back even then. Uh, it was uh, it was really tough to uh, uh, to gain some ground because the record companies didn't like it because they weren't making any money from it and they were pissed because all the revenue was draining away from them uh, and and so there was just this you know couple of year two or three year period couple of years where you know they were uh, sucking air profit wise losing money. Spotify was gaining audience and they were saying, well, they're, we're not getting paid by you guys uh, worth anything. And then you, you give it a couple of years and their subscriber growth uh, goes. And now uh, the record companies are on them like a cheap suit. Uh, and so it's, uh, yeah. it's now that, and now uh, were it not for streaming, you know, Spotify in particular, but all the streaming services, the record companies would be in the dumpsters uh, and, uh, and now their 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 lion's choice, uh, lion's uh, share of the revenue, uh, is going to the record labels uh, with streaming, and you know there's a lot to be discussed about that and, and uh, other That's matters. That's a whole other show, yeah. Uh, as you say, how many hours do we have? Yeah, man, uh, I don't want to keep you all, all week. <laughs> and and so and and now all of a sudden, you know, over the course of one year, this is no kidding. I had a record executive call me and say, you know, I used to hate uh, used to hate Spotify. And it was at the end of the year and we were just sitting down shooting the shit. Uh, and, uh, and he said, but you know, here's what happened. You know, we were 78% off of our revenue for the year. We got our Spotify check and it made us profitable. And that was a turning point right there. And all of a sudden <clears throat> the record labels fell in love with streaming. And that's kind of where that went. And, and in addition to that, the subscribers grew and, and, uh, and, and, you know, we were put in charge of, of bolstering the genres. You know, part of my job was to bolster the genre in Nashville and represent the genre in Nashville, which we did. Not an easy job at the, uh, at the time uh, right. because of what we've described, but also uh, as time went on and 
you know, subscriber rates grew, revenue grew for the labels. Uh, everything uh, was uh, got a little bit more peaceful as time went on. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because uh, once Sean and I got out of our record deal <clears throat> and started uh, our own label and released the Masterpiece record, um, you know, I don't think we ever saw a penny from streaming as an artist yeah. uh, or really even a songwriter. And I mean, that's obviously a whole, I mean, I, I need to have you back on that. Uh, that a whole other show, yeah. Man, I tell you what, because it really is. I mean, the artist seriously gets screwed. The mm -hmm. songwriter it is not even existent. Right. And the, all that it, is absolutely right. And I, I, I never understood. Uh, well, I understand that because I know what artists are. Artists are idiots. Songwriters are really idiots. We're all stupid because we do all this creation and we yeah. just give it away. Yeah. We say we give it away. We'll get a, a publishing deal, you know, and you can make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year if you're lucky uh, as a big songwriter doing that. Right. And you you give away all your publishing, and then some. Then Sony or whoever, one of the big ones or any label, really. They cut the master on it. Well, they own the master the recording rights, and then they put it on streaming. And then you you get a, a million streams. You make five thousand bucks. Well, the five thousand bucks goes to the label, and then guess what you get? I mean, it's it's insane to me. It's like it's, it's like it if you're a painter and you just you paint all these great paintings, and then you just give them away just for uh, exposure. And we hear kid, we I hear people do that now. They're like. Man, it's really great. You know, I got you know I got on this Spotify. You know, I got on the Spotify playlist. You know, thank you for you know the ten thousand streams. What this is monumental for me. I'm going, what? Yeah. How, you know, I'm like, do you own the do you own the music? I had a there was a couple of, uh, uh, Warren the Warren brothers uh, were <laughs> they're really good friends of mine and everyone loves them. they're just the greatest guys. But they wrote a song with this guy who was independent and. He put it out. They did a demo for a few hundred bucks, put it out on Spotify. It blows up 10 million. This guy makes like six figures. It makes like $100,000 in the song, and they didn't see any of it. Yeah. And I'm going, <laughs> how, how is that right? How did the rates, I don't want to get into that, but like just the yeah. rates of songwriting and all that stuff, it just, it's, it's so skewed, man. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's, an, it's an insidious system. Uh, and it, it's just, and, and over time, it's always been that way, right? I mean, the artists always end up getting, you know, screwed. And it's well, been it's, that it's way for dawn time of time. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, and it, it continues today. Uh, and, and, you know, the, you know, there are, there are fixes that need to be made. I think we can agree on that for sure. And, and the songwriting category and the artist category. So much improvement, man. I mean, these people, I throw myself into that mix, you know, as a writer and a, yeah. a producer and artist, it's like, we create everything. And the people who get make all the money create nothing, <laughs> and can't create anything. Uh, right, right. Uh, they don't yeah, know how to write a song. They don't know how to sing or produce. They don't. Okay. Have, they're not inspired. But you know, and it's just like these online shows. You know, over over COVID, you know, I built a stage here at the house, and yeah. we were doing these online shows, and we would get these offers to do online shows. I'm like, is that a serious offer? I'm I'm, I'm not doing a show. I can't do a show for that. And, you know, it's like, well, you know what? We'll do a show. We'll do a show. And like, oh, man, you, you have the potential to make literally a million dollars in one night. You know, global. It's a global thing. I'm like, okay. I said, well, how much are tickets? Well, we're going to do these tickets for five bucks or ten bucks or whatever it is. And they sell a hundred tickets or whatever yeah. it is. And it, is the potential there? Yeah. The potential is, is for me to go, hey, guys, I spent, let's just say I spent $10,000 on Facebook 
and I right. reach uh, you know, all the streaming, and I reach my three, four, six million people that, that I have that, that 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 follow us in all the platforms. And you go, hey, I got this show. It's going to be today at noon. Blah blah blah. Tickets are a dollar. Cool. <laughs> so we get here, and, you, and and globally, you know, you have. Let's right. say you have two. You should be able to to get two million people to either view that show in live or in retro, in like after the fact. And it just doesn't translate because artists are oh. stupid. Artists, they'll go on Facebook, they'll go on Instagram, and they'll go on TikTok or whatever, and they'll do these shows for free and hope for tips. And I'm going, guys, we're worth more than this. Right. You know, but they just won't do it. Well, I think that it depends on your your digital platform, and, 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 and that's kind of the... You know, it's an opportunity, uh, and uh, you know, for for a lot of artists, you know, in in streaming, because you have an opportunity to build and create your own audience, right. uh, your own tribes. Uh, it's it, uh, it's not without some doing. Uh, right. as, I, as I work with artists uh, in that area, that's uh, more or less what uh, what I'm doing now, uh, and uh, it, it's it's a, not an easy slog and. And when you look at country music uh, as in terms of impact uh, in the global spectrum, uh, it's really minimal uh, compared to hip hop, top 40, Latin. Uh, and when you look at the global scale, and I think, again, it's, uh, it's, it's being happy with profitability. And you look at, you know, the, in the country music space, uh, you know, the, the chime I hear all the time is, well, we don't have time or the expense to be able to chase that other 15 or 20% of revenue down costs too much. Right. And, and so, uh, they, it's a, becomes a self-limiting area for the artist because, uh, the country music spectrum is considered as a regional format, you know, in the worldwide scheme of things where hip hop top 40, even Latin is regarded as worldwide. And so right. uh, the, the very things that people are doing to protect their revenue in the United States is limiting uh, the growth potential worldwide for artists. And, and, you know, that's, that's been kind of a battle cry I've had, you know, uh, since Spotify uh, to, to work to globalize the country spectrum more in whatever forms it takes, uh, you know, across the world. Uh, and it's, it's really difficult because you look at, Hot country, the, the 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 big playlist in, uh, in everybody uh, wants on that Spotify. Uh, it's like, and I'm pardon me while I'm looking away from the camera because I want to make sure my uh, numbers are right. But Hot Country has six and a half million followers worldwide. Today's top hits: thirty million followers worldwide. Uh, Rap Caviar: fourteen million followers worldwide. So when you look at that, the those uh, those two, uh, I'll call them genres, uh, but music approaches you know, dwarf country music and, right. and, and, and it becomes limiting in terms of what you're talking about is trying to sell tickets and try to find a global audience. And, right. uh, and it just creates uh, some difficulties for everyone from legacy artists on down to people who are trying to start out. Yeah. And I, and I think what, 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 what's happening and what's happened is we as artists now have to write and create the songs and give it away just to build, use the music as a vessel and a tool to build our social media following for yes. sponsorships or right. any any of these types of things you know so the music is it kind of it's kind of going back to terrestrial radio where music is just a tool to sell something else you know and, and with your youtube channels and getting your uh, uh your your numbers up or or, or you know, there's a lot of people making a lot of money on patreon 
And, uh, and, and I've been, they've been bugging me forever to start a Patreon page. And I was like, man, I just, it just seems like asking for money and it just seems kind of weird, you know, but I'm like, you know what? There might be something to it in the way of like, let's say I, I probably write a hundred songs a year, maybe mm-hmm. more. And these are a hundred songs that probably all my fans would want to hear, but they're never going to hear it because I can't, you know, I can't afford to go cut master sides on all these things, but I can record them at my house. I can mm-hmm. video that process at my house and I can put them all up on P- Patreon and say, hey, for five bucks a month, you can listen to every song I ever. And if we, if we hit certain benchmarks, we'll make a video just for you guys on Patreon. And I think it'd be a cool thing. And, and I started looking at it and I was like, you know what, that, that, that might be a really cool thing. I think I would do that if Springsteen started a Patreon or some of these other people, you know, it, 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 that, I think that might be kind of a cool thing. And it's, it's not as negatively looked at as I think it was in the, in the very beginning. Um, but, you know, I, who knows? Who knows what happens? But just, we're just all trying to figure it out, especially, you know, artists, you know, maybe a little younger than me and older, I think are having a more difficult time getting their head around what the hell to do to get your music out there and everything else. It's, it's one thing to get your music out there, but you got to get on hot country. Well, that's not easy anymore. because oh, it's, it's reserved for the major labels a lot, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And it, they're being kind of treated like the big country radio, the reporting radio stations now, where it's like, eh, that's exactly right. You know, and uh, it, it, once again, here we go again. It just happened a lot, a hell of a lot faster than it did in radio. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, uh, yeah, I've heard for probably a decade now that radio's dying, radio's dead, radio's dying. And it still seems like it's the driving force for commercial country music. It, that, that it equates ticket sales and, and, and everything else. And you know, there's a, still a charting system. And I hope the chart never dies because that's, <laughs> that was my dream when I was a kid to get on the chart, right. have of a number course. one. I know what it feels like to have number ones. I know what it feels like to accept awards and all these things. And, you know, without that element, um, it's going to be a different thing. And I know that Spotify and streams and all these things kind of, th- those numbers are kind of, extrapolated and put into the the grand scheme of things in order to have your numbers and everything else, you know, but um, I hope that never goes away. Do you think that radio is ever going to die? Like completely? No, No. not at all. It just has to evolve to the, you know, business climates, just like uh, every business uh, endeavor does. I mean, you look at their, they're moving more to, uh, you know, nationalizing their playlist to be more competitive to, uh, to to even the same DJs uh, all across the United States <clears throat> in the same times of day. Uh, and, and they're just adjusting to market climates and business and revenue climates as everybody needs to uh, when, when their market changes, uh, advertising revenue and the like. Uh, and, and, you know, Spotify is, is and, and the uh, streaming, uh, I should say more of the streaming services, not just Spotify, uh, moving, you know, more toward a, a radio paradigm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, even I can see it as I work across those platforms. And, you know, it's just, uh, and, and, and I could say that they're making some appeals to listenership that, and people are leaving that form. And why are they wanting to do that thing that uh, is stale and people are leaving? That's a, 
you know, that's a question for for the streaming business people to answer. Uh, I think some of it's a bid to gain a, a bit of an older audience because streaming platforms are still uh, more youthful in nature. Uh, but uh, but that's just me uh, expressing an opinion. Right, right. But, but I, I do tell uh, the artists I'm working with, and and to your point, uh, was very simply this: it's getting back to those days where, you know, back in the '50s, '60s, even '70s, you know, people were breaking out regionally and building their national constituencies, and we were talking about Detroit and Cleveland and Memphis and you know Nashville. Uh, all of these uh, music forms were breaking out of these regions. Uh, Bob Seeger broke out of Detroit, you know, and uh, as a local uh, and uh, the James Gang, Joe Walsh broke out of Cleveland and and, right. and there were many, many others. Motown was a regional uh, thing, uh, as was Memphis and Stacks. And 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 that's kind of where uh, I, I think uh, I suggest people to start building is is taking your market strengths from where you have an audience already. And I'm working with some audience that are that have Louisiana uh, uh uh, strengths and others have uh, the South Carolinas, the Southeast as strengths, and, and 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 we start building our constituencies based on where are you strong and how can we use that to expand the geography and and yeah. and that's generally the approach this day uh, these days for younger artists and even legacy artists who who have a national audience but how can you how can you translate to streaming numbers it seems like just, just hearing you say that like if you're big in ohio you know you've got cleveland wrapped up it seems like those regions have become applications so now instead of having a you're big in cleveland i'm huge on tiktok or i'm huge on instagram and then you take those and those are your regions now yeah and then you know you have a record label well, it's like walker hayes um you know uh great guy great artist uh, very, very original. Um, you know, I've heard, uh, you know, uh, you know, Shane McAnally say, you know, I didn't know what to do with you, but I know you're just too good to say to, to ignore. And then he, you know, puts this song out and it blows up on TikTok, And then the label puts it out on, you know, and they chase the radio thing down they chase everything else down. But it seems like, and I know that the label that we used to be at is like no longer going to radio first for some of their acts. It's like, if you build something good enough on your so on the, on the social medias and the DSPs, then we'll take that to radio. And right. it's like, and I've talked to the artists and they're like, man, this really sucks. It's like, I, you know, it just puts all the work back on the artist, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, you know, but, but that, and now I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's artists in, in a lot of ways are, or have, have become lazy in that way and, and very uneducated. I know I was uneducated on how the business works how my thing works. I mean, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing this podcast today and, you know, just re recording my own music, producing my own music and do all that sort of things. When you have someone doing everything for you and then when we found ourselves, it's, it's, you just get kind of get lazy and you don't know what's going on around you and it's, and you become ignorant and that's really a bad place for an artist to be because you can let a lot of things slide, you know, and I found out, you know, uh, uh, a guy that owns a label that we went to after our last label, uh, was stealing, literally stealing money from me from an album that I owned. Wow. Was stealing streams, you know, like 25 grand worth, you know, it's just yes. like a lot of, you know, so, but I have a, a really great admin girl now and she hunts down every penny. She knows where every penny's going. So I'm like, okay, I have all these pieces in place and it's made me a better artist going into this new deal that we're getting ready to go into, which I, 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 I think, uh, what I'm told now, uh, man, we cut we cut some great music, and I think the lead single is just amazing. And um, 
late February, early March of next year, we'll have a new single out, new deal, and and uh, very very excited. We didn't think we ever wanted to do it again, but but here we are. Just when I thought they were, I was out. They pulled me back in. You know. <laughs> so well, you know, it, it, and and what you're saying is so true. Is the uh, it, it, even with uh, younger artists who you'd think uh, would be um, you know more savvy about streaming and about you know, the digital marketplace, it's really interesting, you know, about the lack of education uh, in, in those areas, which uh, helps my business prospects uh, a little bit, you know, and, and also uh, that, that, that element that you described about, you know, having a number one on the charts and wanting a number one on the charts. And I want to go to radio and I need to be on the radio is, is, is a culturally ingrained thing from, you know, from kids all the way up yeah. uh, to, uh, to the legacy artists and beyond. Uh, and, and it's, uh, it's like, well, radio's not out of reach. It's just the steps to get there are different than it used to be. Uh, and thank and God there are some steps. There are still steps you because there were no steps before streaming services. Either you were on the radio or you, or weren't. you weren't. That's right. No, that's, <laughs> and if you uh, ain't, you may eaten probably because you, 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 it's a big ain't. Yeah. If that's yeah. the case. And then at least now, you know, there are steps you can take or even ways that you can formulate uh, to make your music uh, living, making music, you know, if you get creative about it and, and, and you're right. If you do your own sets of work, instead of waiting for, the labels or someone else to do it for you. And that's the other yeah. element that, that people are just used to is other people doing it. Uh, and, and now today it's, uh, it's really the best uh, opportunity in the world, I think, for anybody who wants to make music because anybody, how, no matter how, how good or not good you are or uh, whatever it is, you can find an audience uh, in the world now for your music. And, and you use your be, social media to drive that. Like, Exactly. It, 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 it's all ancestral so you have to be uh, you have to be we have to be better artists we have to be smarter artists you know yes. one one thing when i was in college i was in a fraternity yes i was and one thing i took away from that is they uh, just they drove into our they drove into our heads over and over and over again about learning all the preambles and all the things of your fraternity know your shit mm -hmm. know your shit and and so that's one thing that i took away from that that i've kind of tried to apply to my life across the board. It's like, I need to know what I'm doing and how it gets there and everything else in order to, yeah. otherwise you're just giving it all away probably. But, um, anyway, I, I want, I want to, I want to know, so you went radio, we went XM and now you're the guy at Spotify and now you leave. Yes. What the hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> you running for president next? <laughs> yeah, I think you might have a shot, by the way. Uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, this, that's probably the saddest truth of all, isn't it? <laughs> I think you got a shot, but I know I, I damn sure would vote for you. You know, uh, it, it, let's I, not go I, I there today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'll just say it was, uh, time to leave. Uh, it was, uh, you know, mutual in nature and we're still friends, uh, at Spotify. And I love the people uh, that I, you know, used to work with and, and, you know, a lot of the, you know, some of the things that uh, uh, we've covered, you know, are, are kind of part and part to, uh, 
uh, conditions of why both of us uh, felt we we needed to uh, get a change of scenery. And, and and it's not bad at all, you know, and yeah. uh, I still work with my friends at Spotify on artists and, and things that I'm doing. And so, uh, but, uh, but after, after five, six years, uh, however long it was and, and where it started, you know, when I came in was, you know, Spotify needed some credibility, uh, in, in the music area, uh, and some representation in, in the country music space. Uh, and as, as the subscribership grew, uh, as all of these other things grew, uh, the methodologies of curation uh, were evolving. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's good for them. You know, it's like they're changing the way they need to do things. They're adapting uh, due to their growth. And not only that, the, the, uh, the amount of releases that, are, um, to, that come out every week it's impossible to maintain. And so they're, they're changing their curation methods to be able right. to address that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I won't entirely disagree with uh, their thought behind it. You know, we could debate the merits all day long, right. uh, but, uh, but I won't uh, argue uh, the need for that thought. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, everything was peaceful and friendly and, and it uh, was an impetus to uh, help me go out on my own. I've never been an entrepreneur. You've been a business person all your life, you know, making music. Uh, and, uh, and this is a brand new experience for me. Uh, and I'm able to work in elements and facets of music uh, that I want to work in, which I really love and enjoy. And so, and I'm working without constraints, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, and with Spotify and Sirius XM and in radio, if I fell in love with an artist, I could only do so much due to the rules of engagement in all of those platforms. And the, rightfully so those rules exist. So, uh, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. All I'm saying now is, you know, I can, I can work with anyone I want to and in, in any form, uh, I care to and, uh, and it, it all takes different matters depending on the artist or the entity I'm working with. So uh, I'm really enjoying my time doing it. And uh, uh, I started, I left uh, Spotify in April, you know, formed my company uh, in July. About that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, I'm just it's not hearing about it. Great experience. I'm sorry. I, just recently, like the last couple of weeks, I've just heard it, hearing oh. about it. But I, I want to talk about that. I, I do want to thank you real quick, uh, and I know I speak for a lot of artists too, though. But uh, you stuck your head out, a, you stuck your neck out a lot for certain artists that weren't being played on the radio, and you put them on playlists that made a difference, and actually made their careers. You made you, you had people who didn't have anything get record deals, and didn't have any streams, and you took a chance on them, and and you, you were the you were the weird guy that was like. Hey, this song doesn't sound like traditional country music, or it's got it sounds rappy or sounds whatever. And you played it, you know. And it's it, that was I, I thought just thought that was so badass to be able to to do that, and and it really made a difference for a whole lot of artists. And you know, the time that we were independent, uh, I took you over to Nathan Chapman's house. I asked you and Colleen over there, and we had some wine and we listened to the masterpiece record. And yep. you playlisted that, you know, and and uh, because of that, a, a love like this. Uh, is probably the fourth most stream, fifth most wow. streamed song, you know, in our in our uh, top catalog or whatever. But I had radio stations, man, that that played uh, <laughs> that played some of those songs at a high frequency and pissed a lot of people off uh, <laughs> because they were getting it for free, you know, or it, it, we were getting it for free. But um, 
thank you for that, man, because that that was a that was a big deal, and I, and I really want people to walk away from this being a little bit more educated than what they were before. Uh, but I did hear uh, recently that, uh, that you did start this new company, and um, is it with Jimmy Allen? Is that is is that the is, uh, what's what's the, the relationship with Jimmy? Uh, that is, uh, I'll say, a part of my uh, my company. Uh, okay. The uh, the thing with uh, Jimmy Allen uh, is jab management, and and we're behind uh, uh, a new duo uh, called uh, you know Neon Union, uh, and uh, and that is uh, is a piece of of my company and their company. And, and we're just working together to develop this, this, this artist, okay. basically you can call so it management if you want, or. So what's uh, the name of, what's the name of your company? Uh, my the name of my company is John Marks worldwide. It's uh very I simple. I thought you were going to say Sebastian. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I will put in a shameless plug for my website, Please. John Marks dot me. Uh, and, uh, and it, it kind of tells what, uh, what I'm involved with, but that's a piece of it. I work with artists individually. Uh, I work with entities, uh, with their artists. It could be publishing management, uh, you know, distribution companies, uh, publisher, whoever, whoever has an interest in artist development, you know, is, is where I want to be and care to be. And I have, you know, uh, business relationships now with, uh, people in all of those sectors. My gosh, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I, I really love it because each artist is a, is a different case scenario. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, plotting, uh, plotting strategies and, and putting puzzle pieces together to try and, you know, help artists find or grow their audience, grow their touring, grow their streaming, you know, get them to uh, a place where radio will uh, make notice of them. And, and so, you know, unfortunately it's not an easy process, but, but those are the things I'm doing every day now. And, and I just love it. That's awesome, man. And do you think, what's the future is this a, it's a, it seems like you're a five-year cycle guy <laughs> I mean, you, you know what i mean it's like it's very five-year i'm out you know uh is this something that you can see think of it that yeah, way yeah yeah you, you were saying five years five years i was like well this guy's gonna stop after five years um is this something that you think that you want to take beyond that five years and like be the kind of the last rodeo for you and did, did you want to do this until uh, until you want, just don't want to do music just, anymore uh, and you know, I'll, I'll keep doing what I want to do and all of those different phases. And, and the, I'll just say either the universal forces or the human forces in combination, you know, it, it was, each one was kind of a natural end and a natural beginning. It wasn't like I got fired and I had to look for a job or whatever. It was like radio. I wanted it to end and we were going to end it. And I didn't really care if I had another job right away. And right. the serious XM thing happened. Yeah, I left Sirius XM uh, and uh, of my own volition and and wish to uh, take a break. And Spotify came along uh, and was able to join into that, which was uh, a, a cool venture. And I just and, and, you know, at the end, at the end of all that uh, is like in broad general terms, uh, my love and enjoyment of it was on the wane. Uh, and, and it's, uh, and it just kind of came to a natural end. And I, I think it'll be the same with this or whatever else we, I find, you know, and, and I just love with in this, that just the world is much larger and much more broad. My learnings are every day, really, uh, I'm learning even more. Uh, yeah. I, I'd never come across to myself 
or to people that I know everything in the music business. But, you know, and, and the more I do this, the more I know I don't know. And uh, and the yeah. more I'm learning. And uh, and and that for me is is what challenges me. You know, if I start feeling like I'm hitting the top in whatever I'm doing, I, I just need to move on to something else. Man, I know exactly how you feel. I'm, I'm terrible at reaching goals. You know, I, I reach a goal and I go into this depression uh, every time we've won an award. I mean, we, went, we won our first ACM and I was like, this is amazing. And then I was in the corner of the bar and everyone was celebrating. I was out there smoking a cigar and just like, what's wrong with you? I was like, well, now what do I do now? Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely, uh, and I kind of feel that way in my life right now. It's just like, it's, it's things are too, things are too good. Things are too easy. <laughs> Got to shake this up. Something's going on, you know? So hopefully this new deal and everything else will shake that up for me. But, um, man, I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, uh, talking to you today as, as, uh, as a, as a, as a, it's a different format. Just two guys sit down and talking. I mean, I, 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 I've learned some stuff today about you and, um, you know, you, the resume that you have is incredible. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to, to, to work with you as far as on, in your consulting uh, firm. Cause, cause wow. I mean, there's not going to be anybody else that I can even think of that's going to have the, the kind of deal or the beard that you have. You know, the beard really, I hope you, you really need to make merch, man. You really need to make merch with the, the outline with your beard. Cause that, that's, if you guys okay. are, uh, hang on a second. Go ahead. No. Okay. Hit pause. I'll be right, right back. All right. Oh gosh. All right. So, uh, so we'll, we'll, you know, I'll take it from, you ought to do merch. Okay. Okay. All right. So man, with that beard, you really should have your own merch. That's for sure. Well, uh, funny you should mention that, Kiefer. Uh, <laughs> right here, it is. Oh, look at that! Oh, this the outline too. The, that's, it, that's the jam. I got to get See me there? one of them. I got to get me uh, one of them. And uh, no, it's like uh, two are on the way. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, you know, I haven't. Uh, I don't sell it. You know, it's like actually uh, a friend of mine, uh, a colleague of mine, sent me a box of these things just for fun because that's my logo on the website. Awesome. And and he sent me some hats. So I said, I just, quite frankly, you know, I haven't quite figured out what to do with them now. Just to send a couple to you. How's that? I love that. I would love that. <laughs> and then I will. I will be wearing. Yes. One yes. Time. Thank you very much. <laughs> has has Miss Colleen ever seen your face? Uh, she has not actually. She, she hasn't. Uh, I've always had, I've always had sh facial hair. Gosh, yeah. as long as I can remember. I was like, I kind of, I kind of get curious about it myself. I'd probably scare myself if I saw my face. That's it's so got weird. nothing to do. With it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that to us. <laughs> well, brother, I, I can't thank you enough for, for doing our podcast and uh, it's great to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're doing exactly what you want to do and you're happy and uh, you and you and your wife are just the just two of the most beautiful people that we know and, and we, we deeply care about you. And back to you. I love you and uh, Shauna. And uh, and I can't wait to hear what you're working on music wise. And I know when you're ready, send it over to me and, uh, and I'll send it to you when we we'll get done with this. I'm sorry. You're I'll on. send it you're to you on. when I get done with this. Okay, right on, brother. And, All right, man. And uh, I will talk to you soon. And uh, Kiefer is great talking with you. Thank you, and I, buddy. And back to you. I just love shooting the uh, breeze about music. I never get tired of talking music. It's, Me it's too. a blast. Thank I you. Know. You got it, brother. Well, good luck. God bless, man. Back to you. Much love. See you. All right, too. Buddy. See you. Later. See you. Okay, that was uh, Mr. John Marks. I hope you guys enjoyed that. 
I hope you, uh, I hope you learn something. If you're an artist out there, I hope you learn something. And uh, I think you should go check it out. Uh, uh, John Marks Worldwide. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening, and we will uh, we'll see you next time.